Well, good morning to you. Our Lord sits upon his throne. He is high and lifted up. He is in absolute control. And we can trust him. Not only with this day, but with the coming week, with our lives, with our families, with our nation, with every aspect of all that we're doing. We can trust him. Aren't you glad this morning? that you serve a Savior who's alive. Well, I want us to sort of start a new series today. The name of this series is going to be Walk This Way. Walk This Way. What a contrast I'm wanting us to make over the next couple of weeks between the old man and the new man, the responsibilities that you have as being in Christ, in the new man, and what all that means. So we're going to concentrate the old man, the life that that points to, but if you come here and you gather and you declare yourself to be redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in the new man. And you are to put on the new man. And we're going to be talking about all that that, that indicates. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the fact, is it about religion or is it about redemption? Are you religious or are you redeemed? Folks, there's a huge difference between those two. Do you come together because you enjoy ritual or because of a relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ? We're going to be looking at all of that. See, we just finished a series on prayer. And I hope that, because I tried, to do my best to emphasize the absolute importance of prayer along with Bible study. How important your prayer and Bible study are as a believer. To neglect those two things, you neglect to your detriment and to your spiritual growth. Prayer and Bible study are how you nourish the spirit that God has quickened. <clears throat> that song that Dorothy just sang a few moments ago, He Touched Me, something happened. Well, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you exactly what happened. You were dead in your sins and trespasses, and when you, by faith, trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection, something glorious, mystical, wonderful, supernatural, spiritual happened. You were quickened. Your spirit that was dead, sorry, Mike, your spirit that was dead has been made alive. That's what happened. Something happened, and now I know because the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that there has been a change. Right? Right? There has been a change. Right? 
Your spirit has been made alive. You nurture your spirit, that which has been made alive, through prayer, Bible study, meaningful devotion, as you commune with God and you allow God to commune with you through His Word. It's absolutely mandatory. As a matter of fact, don't think for a second that you can forsake that relationship and not have your walk with the Lord diminished. Prayer and Bible study are absolutely important. But that's not all that nourishes the Spirit. Prayer and Bible study, they are key. But let me tell you what else nourishes the Spirit. There are other things, too, that you need. One is fellowship with believers. Fellowship with believers. There's a reason the Scripture says for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There's a reason for that. Because you need that fellowship with believers. You know, I've preached many times that you're not saved to sit, you're saved to serve, and that's true. But you know what? Coming and sitting and listening to God's Word, how important that is, but it's the fellowship that occurs here with members of like faith, with the body of Christ, that there's absolutely no substitute for. You need that church attendance. You need that fellowship. You need that accountability in order to help grow you in Christ. You need that encouragement that comes from members of the body of Christ. You almost need to consider yourself during the week. You're on a deserted island, and there's no one there that cares, and you're lonely, and you're just not sure you're going to be able to survive. But that's okay because Sunday's coming. And if you throw Wednesday night in, who are you blessed? Wednesday night and Sunday, you're going to get to get off of that deserted, deserted, that deserted island, and you're going to be able to fellowship with those who love you and care for you. And again, don't think for a second you can forsake fellowship and grow in your faith and resolve to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be stymied. Your growth will be stymied. Your spiritual growth will be stymied. Unless, unless there is a physical reason you can't be at church. We have some people who can't be here on Sundays. We have one lady that has uh, agoraphobia. You've never met her. Never met her. She can't leave her house because of a phobia that she has. But she listens every Sunday. She has a reason. So we need to pray for her. But I know other people that are shut in, physically can't be here. Uh, I, I understand that. But if, if it's physically possible for you to be here on Sundays, you need to be here. Now, you'll notice that our, we are a grace church. And I've been part of churches before that preached, if, if you're not here on Sunday, you're going to hell. If you're not here on Sunday, you just lost your salvation. If you're not here on Wednesday, ooh, God's going to get you. Well, we don't preach that because we don't believe that. 
But see, we gather together not because we feel like we have to, but we want to. We want to be here. We want to hear God's Word preached. We want to pray with other believers. That's important for our spiritual growth. You neglect that fellowship to your spiritual detriment. So when we talk about walk this way, that includes the fellowship with believers. There's another thing that's important in our Christian growth that I encourage you. That's music. That's music. See, I am convinced that Christian music helps feed your spirit that's been quickened and made alive. We sing hymns and spiritual songs and we delight in those. Wasn't your spirit fed when Dorothy sang a while ago? Mine was fed as we sang those old hymns that we did just a few moments ago. Grace greater than my sin? That puts cold chills on me every time we sing that. Because it's true. Music is important. There's no doubt that music certainly influences your behavior. And I'm not going to get into a dialogue about what type of music, right? We don't need to do that. We know how music influences in a bad way, in a good way. And I'm talking about in a good way. Music that glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not avoid it. Do not limit yourself. Listen to that glorious music that just lifts your spirit and it, and it testifies of God's grace and God's mercy. How important it is. So we have prayer. We have Bible study. We have fellowship. We have music. How important those are. There's a fifth one. It's attitude. Attitude. Romans 12, 12. Says, I bese- Romans 12, 1 and 2. I've, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your spirit has been quickened. There is a responsibility that you have to allow your mind to be made new. And the only way to do that is through prayer and Bible study. It is attitude. Where you come to church, you live out your Christian life, you walk with the Lord. And sorry, Tim, I did give you Romans 12, 12, because that's what I put down, and it's not. Romans 1 and 2. But we come together with an attitude of worship. We come together with an attitude of praise. Come together with an attitude of, I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. And if you come to church and you're bored, I need to talk to you about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Regardless of how lousy the pastor is and how bad a preacher you might be sitting under, it's the Word of God. And God's promise to us is that He is going 
to bless his word and that it will not ever, ever return unto him void. That it's the word of God. I don't care how lousy the preacher is, the Word of God is sharper and powerful than any two-edged sword. So when you come together, you come with the right attitude expecting to get something from the Word of God not to be entertained. I think one of the most terrible, drastic, unfortunate things that's happened in the church today is that people go expecting to be entertained, not going to worship. And they go and they sit and they want you to entertain them. That's not why we come together. It's not why we come together. As a matter of fact, I was going to insert here a thing that somebody sent me this week, and some of you may have sent it about a, a, a guy that had just gone over to China and he spoke to uh, a bunch of uh, Chinese believers that were uh, in a secret worship service. I think there were 23 of them there, and so he was meeting with them. Anybody see that? How many people saw that? It was one of the most moving things that I think I'd have ever seen. This, this preacher, this missionary, this evangelist was there in China sitting among 23 Christians and Chinese Christians. He had taken Bibles and he, he asked them, he said, what would happen if we got caught here today? What would happen if we got caught? Can you imagine if we were in China and this many people were together? Whew. And they said, well, you, you, would be, you would be thrown out of the country and we would go to jail for three years just for meeting. And he said, out of curiosity, how many of you have ever been in jail for your faith? Out of 23 people, 18 raised their hand that they had gone to jail for their faith. Yet here they were sitting on the floor there to receive something that was so precious, Bibles, Chinese Bibles that they had taken to. He remembered he gave one Bible to this lady and, and she looked at it and she passed it over to, to another lady. And he asked her later, he said, why did you give your Bible? Because he didn't have enough to go around. Why, why did you give your Bible? And she says, I, I have that portion that you're talking about memorized. And he said, memorized? When did you memorize it? He said, she said, well, I was in prison. I had lots of time to memorize. Well, how did you get a Bible in prison? Well, they snuck little pieces of paper in, and I memorized all I could from, and you had to memorize quickly, but it was so precious, it was worth risking their life and longer prison sentence just to have the Word of God that would bring them hope when nothing else could ever. Can you imagine being in communist China? knowing that it'll always be illegal for you to worship God according to the dictates of your heart. Knowing that you could be hauled off and arrested and who knows what happened to you and that there is no remedy for that except for the coming of Christ, of course. You could get pretty discouraged. Despair could set in 
except for the Holy Spirit that just uses those times to grow you in Christ. See, they have to worry about being arrested. We come together and worry about, are the crowds going to get ahead of us at the restaurant? God, have mercy on us. God, have mercy on us. I'll send that to you guys because there's a whole lot more. And I mean, it is, it is just, it's incredible. So we come together with an attitude. Not that we have to go to church, but we get to go to church. We get to worship the Lord Jesus. We come to church. We, live our, we get up in the morning. We live our lives with an attitude that we are new creations in Christ. We are a new man in Christ. Our eternity is set. We are going to spend eternity in heaven. An heir of God, a joint heir of Christ. I know that may not mean much to you right now. But just wait till you get to heaven. Wait till you get to heaven. Then the full ramification of what it means to be a joint heir of the King of kings and the Lord of lords is going to fill up your life, your eternal life. Just wait till we get to heaven. Here's the story of that missionary. I use this sometime at funerals. I'm not going to make this sound like a funeral, but boy, does it apply here. There was a missionary who had been in South Africa for years and years, Rhodesia or South, Af- South Africa, one of those two, for years and years and years. And he finally got to the age where the mission organization was bringing him home. And this was back in the day when you left, you came by steamship. And so he left uh, Africa and he came and they landed in New York. And as the steamship pulled into the harbor and into the port and and was docking, there were crowds and there were banners, welcome home, and there were bands, and, and he walked to the edge of the ship, and he just went, oh, they remembered, they remembered. And he just was just so moved. And they were cheering, and then he realized that there was a famous movie star on board. And as that famous movie star, she and her entourage walked down the gangplank, the people were cheering. The flags were waving. And he just slumped and hissed, Lord, couldn't there have been one person? Just one person to welcome me home? One person to welcome me home. The guy writes, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit just reminded him, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. We're joint heirs. And we're in hostile territory. But just wait until we're home. I guarantee you, it's going to be different. We are joint heirs And what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks as we talk about walk this way is the responsibility as heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ that we have 
in this lost world. A world so lost that the people in your neighborhood here do not even think about that there may be people on a Sunday morning who may want to go to worship. Do you remember a time where they wouldn't even have any events on Wednesday? Much less Sunday. Now it's Sunday morning. They, I talked to the organizer of this dog race today. He said, we, we didn't even think about it. Really? You didn't even think about there would be people wanting to come to church? Ding, 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 ding. That there was a church function going? Two things. Number one, we need to pray for them that they didn't even think about it. Number two, why didn't they know that we were having church here on Sunday? Maybe part of the blame is ours, too. Maybe part of the blame is ours. We come here, we fellowship, we get the word, we get our hugs, we leave. Does it say how much we've affected this neighborhood? Join heirs with Christ. Your spirit is alive. We accept that by faith. That's what happened. I, I don't know about you, that, but when I believed that Christ died for my sin, when I heard the gospel, really heard the gospel, and by faith I trusted Christ as my Savior, believing that He died for me, that He was buried for me, He rose again for me, I didn't hear a single bell or whistle. I did not hear an angel sing. Not a single angel patted me on the back. Nothing happened physically that I could point to other than a, an enormous release, an enormous relief I had that I'd been saved. Not because of what I did, not because of what I was going to do, but because of what God did in my life to quicken my spirit and make me a new man. It was all of His work. All I did was believe. And I'm telling you, with that type of salvation, I owe Him. I owe Him my life, my all here I am, Lord. Send me. Romans 6, 11. Talking about an attitude. We're to realize that we are dead to sin, but alive unto God. That's how you're to reckon yourself. Dead unto sin and alive unto God. Our desire should not be to go against the Word, should go against His instruction. See, that's the flesh. And it still bubbles and it still pulls and it still affects our daily walk. That's the flesh. But every believer's desire should be to put the flesh down and walk in the Spirit and let the Spirit be what guides us as we walk this way. That's how we're supposed 
to function in our walk with the Lord. In the spirit and the flesh, they war. Aren't you glad for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that when you sin, the Holy Spirit lets you know? The Holy Spirit just tells you, this is wrong. This is contrary to my word. This is wrong. But then again, you got to know his word because the Holy Spirit uses his word so that gets us back to study to show yourself approved unto God. Aren't you glad this morning that we are not under the law? Aren't you glad this morning you're not under the law? Aren't you glad this morning that you're under grace? And usually people jump up and shout and they'll go, Amen, brother, we are not under the law, we're under grace. And that's true. But that does not mean that anything and everything goes either. You do know that, right? Just because we're under grace and not under the law, the law no longer has any jurisdiction over us because we are dead to sin, no longer dead in sin, but Christ died, we're in Him. Therefore, the law no longer has jurisdiction. But that does not mean that anything and everything goes. We have a friend that Faye and I pray for every, every morning. We have a friend that we pray for every morning, pray for his salvation. Because every time we're together, every time we're together, uh, I don't have to bring it up anymore. That's what's interesting. Uh, he'll bring up, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm really trying. I'm really trying, Rick. I'm giving it my all. I'm giving it my best. And when you talk to him about the Lord, well, I'm trying to be as good as I can be. See, unfortunately, he was raised, <clears throat> he was raised in such a situation where, and taught, with a ritual-ridden, works-related church that your, your salvation is based on your works and your deeds and all of your efforts. Boy, is that hard to overcome. Boy, is that hard to get past. What I'm doing my best to convince him of, and not just him, but anybody else that'll listen, the standard, the standard is not how good you are. That is not the standard at all. You know what the standard is for your salvation? I was thinking about that this week. You know what the standard is? Are you sitting down? The righteousness of God. Think about that. The standard is the righteousness of God. I'm giving it my all. I'm trying my best to be good. I'm trying to earn. The standard is the righteousness of God. And the Bible is so plain that we all fall short. So it's not based on how good we are. The fact that we're not under the law is based completely on the fact that we are in Christ who did keep the law, 
who was the perfect Lamb of God. Our salvation is based on His righteousness, not ours, because there is none. Oh, how terrible, how horrible, how demeaning it is to God for us to think that I'm going to keep laboring away, I'm going to keep trying, I'm going to do my best. God, just watch this. Boy, the idea that I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. So as long as I'm out there churning away the good works, I'm, I'm climbing that ladder, I'm trying to do all that I can do, only to fall short. Because our good deeds is not the standard. The standard is the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. What a verse. What a verse. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. What? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Is absolutely right. That's the reason I'm saved. That's the reason that I know heaven is my home. That's the reason I desire to walk in his way because I am in Christ, redeemed for all eternity, because the righteousness of God Turn with me. We've got to go to this one. Look at Romans 3, and then we'll, we'll be done. Romans 3. We didn't even get into the Scripture that we're going to be looking at. And I'll tell you what it is so you can be reading it this week because we'll pick back up there next, next week. But look at Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Because of the death of Christ on Calvary's cross, The righteousness of God is the standard, right? Anybody here come close? Only in Christ. But Romans 3.21 But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. You want to please God? Keep the law. Oops. You can't do it. You can't. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is that? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. It is His faithful faithfulness that declares the righteousness of God. It is His faithfulness to Calvary. It is His faithfulness to do everything that He says He's going to do in your life. It is His act of faithfulness. It's what, look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Wow, what? I didn't give you this verse, Tim, but... Verse 16. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. 
knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Can it get any clearer or simpler than that fact? I hope this morning that you appreciate attending a church where the elders hold your pastor accountable to make sure that he teaches and preaches from the Word of God and that we teach and preach truth. Someone sent me a thing this week that I sent to Tim that I want to leave you with this, this morning. What was that thing that I sent to you? Never go to a church that is more worried about keeping you as a member than telling you the truth. That needs to be our motto here. Never go to a church. And folks, I got to tell you, we're going to abide by that. We're going to abide by that. Love to keep you as a member. Love to see us grow. Love, love to have a parking problem greater than what we have. But we'll always tell you the truth. Now the scripture we're going to be looking at starting next Sunday, I guess now, is Ephesians 4.14. That's where we're going to start next Sunday. Ephesians 4.14. Walk this way. We're not under the law, we're under grace, but we're still instructed as to how we are to live. There, there are 613 laws, and hallelujah, we're not under them. But I'm not even going to begin to start counting how many things we're told in the Scripture that we're to abide by, where we are directed God's word's very clear. Thou shalt not kill. Is that a law? Yeah, it is. But you know what else the Bible says? Walk as children of light. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to understand we're not under the law, but we are to walk as children of the light. What does that indicate as we walk this way? Ephesians 4 is where we're going to start this. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Listen. Are you listening to this? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You need to understand there are those who want to deceive you as to what this book says. There are those who want to deceive you and disrupt your walk with the Lord. We're going to look at those scriptures, what God expects. That will only matter to you, what God's Word says. That will only matter is if you know Him, a Savior. It only matters if, 
You know him. If you don't know him, eh. But you need to know him. I can't stress enough that there is a judgment coming. There is a hell. But there's also a heaven. There is joy in knowing Christ. There's absolute terror in not knowing him. And I pray that you know him this morning. If you don't, here's what God's word says you need to do. Maybe you've heard this over and over and over again, but you let it go in one ear and right out the other because you don't care. You need to care. You need to care. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believing what you believe is important. Believe the gospel, that Christ died for you, that he was buried, that he rose again, and that salvation is offered to you by God's grace, not of works, least any man should boast. See, God's taking that off the equation. He wants all the glory. He wants all the praise. He wants you to know that I did that. Why? Because he loves you more than you'll ever, ever realize he loves you. Let's pray. Remembering to pray for Janie. Remembering to pray for Pat this morning. Father, we come before you and as we bow before you, We thank you for your word. We thank you for your instruction to us as members of the body of Christ that we are to walk this way. May we be faithful in how we walk. Father, may we be faithful in how we live in our lives in order to bring glory and honor to you. Father, I pray this morning if there's anyone here today that's not saved, that they will by faith trust you this very moment that it would be today September the 17th 2023 that they become that new creation they become that joint heir knowing that eternity awaits in heaven we thank you for that salvation we thank you for the work you're doing in our lives Now, Father, we pray this morning for those folks that determined it was a good idea to have a dog race this morning here. Father, our hearts need to be concerned that it's because they don't know you. It never dawned on them that Sunday's time to go to church. Father, I lift them up before you. May that thought grievous. May it not make us angry, but may it cause us to be sorrowful. May we do lift Janie up this morning. Pray for Darlene this morning. Continue to just encourage her. Pray for Pat. Pray his his eyesight will get better. Father, this surgery will be so, so effective pray for Joyce Sanchez pray for Neil and Diana so many others in our congregation Father that can't be here 
we lift them up before you. We pray your blessings as we depart. May we remember that we are walking into the mission field as we walk out these doors. We thank you, Father, for this nation where we can still come together and not be concerned about being arrested and hauled off to jail for our faith and for gathering here. We thank you for that, Father. We realize that there are nations around the world who can't do that. Father, may we not take that for granted. Father, may we ever be mindful of your blessings as we lift this nation up before you. Pray for Janet as she heads back down to Florida. May she be so successful in her efforts there. And we pray all these things in that precious name of the one who saved us, in the name of Jesus Christ, who's Lord of all.